I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin Conroy, the definitive voice of Batman. And you're listening to the Oblivion Bar podcast. With your hosts, Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of the Oblivion Bar podcast. I am Chris Hacker. I'm one of your co-hosts here. And with me is my other co-host, Aaron Knowles. <laughs> he, he's refusing to talk because I yelled at him because he always interrupts during the inter- <laughs> during the introduction. Aaron, you can speak now if you'd like. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we are the official podcast of the Fancy Shop in St. Charles, Missouri. So thanks, Dad. As always, every episode, we appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Aaron, how was your Thanksgiving? It was pretty good. It was uh, quiet. It mm-hmm. was relaxed. Yep. I won two free gaming chairs from Respawn Products. Yeah. Okay. When do you get those? So, they. I don't know. <laughs> you just won them and we'll figure it out after that. Well, I won them because they said, hey, if you're feeling confident, and this was like a Twitter blast, or like if you feel confident, mm-hmm. slide into our DMs. Okay. And so, you know, I was sitting in the parking lot waiting to uh, pick Carly up, my wife, from from her job because sure. I dropped her off that day. Uh-huh. And so I was bored. I was like, and I just, like, recorded a video real quick. It was really awkward. Mm-hmm. And then I sent it to them in their DMs. And yep. they wrote me back and were like, hell yeah. So Just dove in head first in one a chair just, or two. Yeah, they're like, now that's confidence. <laughs> so. Oh, nice. Well, I, I yeah. want to see that whenever you eventually get them. Yeah, I'm super excited and because uh, my current chair is, is a piece of garbage. But um, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was good. It was also very low-key. I just had dinner with my, my girlfriend and her mom. I actually I tried salad for the first time and liked it. I've had three since Thanksgiving. So new. Wow. Uh, yeah, out with the old and with the new. I'm trying to be healthy now. So uh, I have a spinach for all those the leaf heads out there that want to know what kind of green i used it was spinach and i actually really enjoyed it so i'm gonna make now, i'm gonna just eat salad from now on i guess that's what i do i know you'd never ask a lady her her age but how <laughs> old are you and you've never had salad before 29 years old never 29. had salad until i was 29 years old yeah so and i think i'm, I'm, I'm in like i have like a great body for like if, if you saw like a 44 year old man who ran every single day that's like the kind of body i have as a 29 year old like you could tell that he's 40, but also is in shape. I have like an athletic build, but still kind of like doughy, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't ever work out anymore. So salad hopefully will help with that. So I like, I like to think of myself as having the body of like a, a 76 year old who's recently divorced his, his second wife sure. has re- remarried a 20 <laughs> something. Uh-huh. And that's like, that's the body that I have Tr- trying to get it back, but just not quite there yet. And I know he's given up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were, since you're dating, you know, you're married to the 20 year old, you want to like, you're trying again, right? Nope. No, nope, no, not doing that. <laughs> no, nope. he got well, her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No need to keep trying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let's go ahead and get into our news and notes this week. News and notes. So this week we have Darth Vader actor David Prowse actually passed away at the age of 85. And the British actor passed away on Saturday, November 29th. His agent shared this on Twitter uh, with the following statement. It says, uh, with great regret and heart-wrenching sadness with, uh, for us all and the millions of fans around the world to announce that our client David Prowse, NB, MBE, I'm not familiar with that means. Do you, are you familiar with MBE? I don't, it's an acronym for something. Uh, has passed away at the age of 85. If you guys are not familiar, obviously uh, David Prowse was the stand-in actor for Darth Vader during the original trilogy. And obviously you had James Earl Jones voice Darth Vader in those, in that series, but he was the actual, if you want to consider him to be actually Darth Vader. So uh, quite a loss in the nerd world, Aaron. I'm looking up what MBE is. Oh, okay. <laughs> while, uh, while Aaron looks up NBE, uh, Prowse was born in 1935, and before coming an actor, he was a competitive weightlifter. In 1962, he won the National British Weightlifting Championship. He oh, wow. also, yeah, he represented England in the weightlifting category in the Commons, Commonwealth Games in Brinsbane the same year. So. so it says MBE is, he was a member of the Order of the British Empire. Wow. So he's part of two empires. <laughs> a little, um, little, little nerd joke for you there. Little, little, yeah. So, interesting thing enough, um, who's the redhead? He's like a singer. Mm-hmm. He's famous. He's got the glasses. He's got like a shaggy hair. I don't know. Who, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, okay, yeah. Is this who we're talking We're talking about David Prowse here? No. We're talking okay. about Ed Sheeran. This is a terrible segue, but this is Ed Sheeran, who is a terrible crappy looking ron weasley he is yeah. actually uh i think he has an he's an mbe he's a member of the oh, british empire okay as well. gotcha all right that's where well, i was going i'm sorry but anyways okay. can we can Let's we don't kick him while he's down he just passed away like you don't, yeah don't call him a shitty ron weasley <laughs> no I, I was talking about ed sheeran okay sorry. well so yeah david prowse of course uh, you know as always he his contribution to the nerd world is it's all you could ever ask for and you know we appreciate his contribution it looks like he 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 didn't really have much of a uh, acting career after Darth Vader. He he played Frankenstein a couple times in the early '70s, but outside of that, he was pretty much known for his iconic role as Darth Vader. So that's unfortunate of his passing, but you know, '85 is a good is a good run, you know, and it's, he was a an icon in the Star Wars world. Definitely an icon. Yeah. All right. So Haley Steinfeld is confirmed to be playing Kate Bishop in Marvel's Hawkeye series now. Honestly, this is news to me for some reason. This okay. completely slipped under my radar sure. that they were making a Hawkeye series. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I missed this. Or maybe I did know it and I just completely forgot because there's so many other things happening. Sure. Because everything's been delayed to yeah. 2021. But yep. anyway, so Hawkeye, was reci- yeah, Hawkeye has recently <laughs> started shooting in New York City and a video from the set surface online of Steinfeld as Hawkeye's protege. Jeremy Renner is set to reprise his role as Clint Martin. Who will train Kate Bishop? Bishop. Bishop. I don't think I'm saying that right. Bishop. Kate, Kishop, okay. Kate Bishop, like the Kate chess Bishop. piece. Yes, or the Marvel. The he was, you know, Bishop. He's oh yeah, the, Bishop, the X Men from, from X Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The series is set to draw a lot of influence from Matt Fraction and David Aja's Aja's Aha 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 from Matt Fra- Fraction. That's a cool last name, Fraction. Yeah, yeah. that's like an 
Anyways, I digress. David <laughs> Aha's acclaimed Hawkeye comic run. Mm-hmm. It has been rumored that Florence Pugh will reprise her role uh, from Black Widow as Yelena Belova. <laughs> Yelena, Yelena Belova. <laughs> Yelena? Ye- Yelena Belova. Yelena, I mean... Ye- Yelena Belovia. Yelena Belovia. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, but you wouldn't Belovia me. Hey, there's Yelena. Le- Yelena. God, this is... I'm struggling <laughs> today. Okay, so the main takeaway from this is that Haley Steinfeld has been confirmed. And and this has been in circulation for quite a while, actually. They they initially... It was being teased and rumored back in like 2000... Early parts of early 2019 and it's finally confirmed thankfully this is so the fact that they're introducing kate bishop in the hawkeye series is essentially just setting up the young avengers in my opinion aaron uh, i don't know if you're super familiar with the young avengers but it's the you know proteges and the sons or daughters of other superheroes that start their own team and kind of go off and show that they also can fight crime and kate bishop is the founding member of that team so it should be uh, the we're laying the fo- the foundation for that Young Avengers team with this and Ms. Marvel and then I'm forgetting stature. And just to clarify, Kate Young Bishop Avengers. is not his daughter. No, it's not. So Kate Bishop is actually the daughter of this billionaire in the Marvel Universe who is kind of a skeevy guy. And she witnesses one night Hawkeye kind of taking down her dad and a bunch of these other like mobster thugs. And she essentially turns over a new leaf and becomes inspired to follow him. So... That's kind of her her role in this is that she just she looks up to Clint and wants to take on the Hawkeye persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but to go back to the Young Avengers, so yeah, so you have Kate Bishop, you have Miss Marvel, you have Stature, who is Ant Man's daughter, who they obviously we've gotten the time jump since Endgame. It's five years later. Now she is in her you know she's in her teenage years. And I think there's one other character who I'm spacing here. I know for a while they were thinking potentially Shuri would be on that team, but by the time that Black Panther 2 comes out and now that Chadwick has passed away, I'm assuming that they're going to put her in a more prominent role, potentially taking over the Black Panther role herself. The Young Avengers, they don't have anything that they, they don't have any or do they have a connection cuz there is another I forget his name, Cho, maybe his last name, but he's like the new Incredible Hulk. Yes. Yeah. I'm forgetting his name as well, but yeah, he's called the extreme Hulk or like the incredibly awesome Hulk or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, so it's funny that, so in age of Ultron, the woman who helps Ultron create vision, mm-hmm. totally awesome. Hulk is actually, that's her younger brother. I forget oh. the name. It is Cho something, but yeah. So that could be a connection. We could see her again. Cause they kind of left that door open at the end of age of Ultron and bring her back bring her back into the fold somehow and then introduce her younger brother. Bam. We got a totally awesome Hulk. So yeah, yeah I, I think this is cool. And I'm excited about this young Avengers possibility. Yeah, I know. I mean, they showed everybody kind of uniting at the end of Endgame during mm-hmm. the funeral and you see several characters, including the young man that um, yeah. Tony Stark gave yeah. all that equipment to. I forget his name, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I totally forgot about him. He could totally come back and, and potentially wear some type of armor and also Iron Man's, uh, or Tony Stark's daughter as well. What's her name? I don't remember her name. I don't remember I, her I, name either. <laughs> but I love her 3000. Um. Yes. Yeah. Alrighty. So moving on here, we're going to go to the rights to Daredevil have actually reverted back to Marvel and the fans yes. have started a movement for that revival. Yes. So 
over this past weekend, obviously the rights have reverted back on, and it was uh, on November 29th, to be specific. And the fans launched an online campaign calling the show's revival using the hashtag Save Daredevil. The Twitter account at Save Daredevil, a key contributor to the movement, released the following statement. We're inviting the fandom without f- the, f- the fandom without fear. I think that was pretty. That's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, and Daredevil fans around the world to join us on Twitter and other social media platforms to amplify the hashtag Save Daredevil hashtag worldwide and remind Disney and Marvel that the fans want to see our version. They emphasize the hour of the Daredevil character return with Charlie Cox in the role. The series revived uh, and the series revived with the same cast and mature nature. Yes. So, Aaron. I'm guessing, based on when I was reading that, your excitement, you also are on board for this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As somebody who was very unsure and kind of gave a little bit of time to see how Daredevil would kind of flush its way out when it sure. first came to Netflix, mm-hmm. I want to say it might have been towards the end of the first season when I actually started watching it, and I was I was on board. As soon as sure. I watched like the first episode second episode i was on board the fight scenes were so reminiscent of some of the you know asian martial arts films that i've seen Mm -hmm. that you know his fighting style the the single room and single um like the hallway fight scenes the hallway fight scene there's this one scene where he's like in the dark in this room and the camera never stops it's just like spinning as he's fighting yeah like those fight scenes are so well done and Mm -hmm. i mean i don't want to divert from this topic but i really wish they would have continued this into iron fist because we all know how that turned out yeah didn't go over well so my question and it says it here in the statement would you also prefer that they keep all the same actors and kind of the same i i essentially keep the same timeline going keeping it from yes. the netflix series so that would mean that jessica jones is existing in this continuation of daredevil's universe iron fist luke cage all of these things I'm all about it because, again, and I'll say it. We talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Agents of Mm S.H.I.E.L.D., the Netflix shows, all of them actually made references to the MCU. Yeah, the event, they call it. Multiple events. Well, they called the the attack on New York the event. The The first Avengers movie, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and Hell's Kitchen, all that stuff. Like, even the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the rise of Hydra, like, all those were were brought in. And so, like, I, I would be... I think that they 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 would have such a lost opportunity if they didn't bring back the original cast from the Defenders. Again, sure. not a huge fan of Iron Fist and 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 that that show, but mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe maybe they can you know re- revive that and bring it back with some some dignity. But yeah. I, I am all for bringing Charlie Cox back and like bringing the, the cast back and all those guys. So. My thought is that I would love to see Charlie Cox come back. I think this would be a great idea for Marvel. It would be a slam dunk move for the company with the fans. Obviously, a lot of people want this. We even put out a, a post on Twitter for us to, because I think we both agree, like we just talked about, that we want mm-hmm. this to continue. At Oblivion Barpod. Yeah, yeah at Twitter, at Oblivion Barpod. And uh, I think Vincent Vince D'Onofrio would be a great kingpin oh, in the MCU yes. as well. Yes, he has the stature, he has the presence, he has that role down. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, even if they were to go into a brand new timeline, let's just say that they introduced Daredevil and the Kingpin, same actors, different universe, and just start fresh, I would be okay with that as well, honestly, as long as we have those two guys involved somehow. So, Aaron, why don't you go ahead and take us into our last bit of news here? Okay. Uh, Big deal. Big, Mm -hmm. big deal. 
I know it's kind big. of a big deal for you as well because you know you and your love of theaters. Mm -hmm. But Warner Brothers will premiere its entire 2021 film slate on HBO Max and in theaters. It was already announced that this is how they will release Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day. But mm -hmm. now Warner Brothers has announced that they will premiere its entire entire 2021 film slate on HBO Max and in theaters. Wow. Each film will be released on its release date simultaneously as it's released on, you know, like HBO and in theaters. Sure. And then Warner Media Chair and CEO Ann Sarnoff referred to the model as a unique one-year plan. The studio stresses that the initiative isn't expected to continue into 2022 or beyond. It's considered a temporary solution in response to the ongoing global health crisis. Wow. I mean, this on the surface feels almost like the last dagger into the theater industry, right? And I've thought about it a lot here. I know that this is a very selfish topic because I wanted to I, I wanted to talk about this for myself because it's widely known that I'm a, I the the movie theater is my church. I love going and just the, being fully immersed in the movie going experience. Everything about it, the smells, the environment, everything is perfect. And at first, I was like, okay. I mean, AMC is done. Everyone's done. We're never going to go to the movies ever again. The movie experience is gone. But uh, I was watching a video by Chris Stuckman, who is kind of polarizing in the review world on YouTube. Some people love him. Some people hate him. But he made a gr great point about how this will entice the people who go to films and have no self-awareness, the ones who will be on their phone texting, talking, being a distraction to those who actually enjoy the experience. That This will entice them to just stay home. This will also entice people who aren't feeling up to being in public during the, you know, hopefully the winding months of this global pandemic that we're still currently in. So this will give them another option to see these films brand new as soon as they, you know, premiere. At the same time, the uh, movie studios won't require as much of a percentage from the movie theaters for their films because they're making money on the back end from their streaming services. So therefore, you know, movie theaters could potentially make more money as well. I, I think there's a lot of things to work out. I don't think this is the death of the movie theaters. I think that this will, this is just going to be a, a new norm essentially. Aaron, what do you, what do you think about this? I think this is an opportunity for the movie theater industry to really kind of take a step back yeah, and like reimagine, reinvent itself. And mm -hmm. once hopefully a vaccine or some kind of, you know, treatment mm -hmm. does become widespread and does become, you know, per permanent, and we do return to the theater setting. I think it'll be. It, I think it will reinvigorate what we think of and what families think of when it comes to going to the theater. Sure. Yeah. I think that it's. It used to be an experience. Mm -hmm. It used to be dates. It used to be family outings. It used to be a treat. Yep. And now we're also almost begrudged with the 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 price and the need to go see movie. You know, movies brand new, mm -hmm. and we're always looking for a deal. I think this is going to kind of reinvent a lot of. I, I think just twenty 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 is going to reinvent a lot of things because I mean, so many things have kind of again again reinvented themselves. You know, family outings are now just getting in the car and driving somewhere and then driving home <laughs> just to see new scenery. Sure, get you out know? of the house. Yeah, so yeah. I think that movie theaters, like the, the AMC, all these guys, they have a, a an opportunity here while they are not in the spotlight to kind of re re approach the, the movie theater and the experience that families get when they go. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think that regardless of what happens with HBO Max and if this entices like your Disney Pluses or your Hulus or Netflixes to kind of do the same thing, mm-hmm. I I think there's a world where one of you know both things could happen. Uh, you know, we talked again. Some people believe this is the death of the theater. I don't believe so. I think that movie theater or excuse me, movie companies require movie theaters to make money back on these high dollar films. I mean, Avengers Endgame cost close to like it was like. Uh, close to a billion dollars, I want to say. Yeah. With marketing, a lot of these films cost close to a billion dollars to make, and they got they require basically double that to make a profit on these films. You're not going to make that on streaming services. Well, you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of further ramifications, not only in the theater industry, obviously like not in just the theater industry, but also in Hollywood itself. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously actors are not making the same amount that they're making. Right. Studios are making about. the same amount. Which they'll yeah. get mad about. <laughs> and, you know, it's so it's advertising revenue is going to go down. Mm-hmm. Marketing, you know, teams aren't going to be as busy. Actors aren't going to be as busy. So there's going to be, again, these second and third order effects that are going to affect each and every industry that's involved with putting a movie from writing it in onto a screen. Mm-hmm. And it's going to change a lot. And I think that, again, we're going to have to look at because who knows? We could come out of this out of out of COVID. Mm-hmm. And movie theater experiences are now like the new theme park. You know, when you go, you yeah. know, you're going to pay an exorbitant amount of money to go to Disneyland. Sure. Maybe, maybe we're going to have to pay more to bring theaters back. You know, if we want that experience, who knows? I, I hope not. I think part of the reason why movie theaters require so much money for their popcorn and amenities is because they have to pay a certain percentage of these companies, you know, like your, your Warner brothers or Disney's to, to stream their films at their theaters. So hopefully with you know HBO Max and other streaming sites being able to do both, maybe that requires the theaters to pay less money to the companies and therefore they can lower their prices as far as food goes. That That's the hope. I'm trying to be optimistic here. I don't want the death mm-hmm. of theaters to happen because that would be terrible. I, I, there, there are certain films that I would love to see in theaters and there are certain films that I'm okay seeing at home. But I, I, I want the option. That's the point, you know, so... Yeah. Hey, just rip the roofs off and turn them all into drive-ins. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I, I have a weird bias against drive-ins. I just don't love them as much. I think it's maybe just the immersive experience of like the Adobe Digital sound, surround sound, the whole thing. Like my car doesn't have that greater stereo. So, and I, you know, the IMAX screen and all that. I don't know. May, I need to go again. I haven't been in a long time. So maybe you're right. Okay. Well, that'll do it for our news and notes this week. We're going to go ahead and get into our main topic, Aaron, and uh, this is kind of a bigger one. We're we're talking about uh, twenty twenty. What? <laughs> what? I, no, I'm just I just I'm I'm like it's like all the tabs and all the information that we have that we're about to present <laughs> to people. It's like it's so much. Yes, yeah. So you know, kind of building off of this HBO Max news and talking about how streaming services are starting to put their brand new films on their their apps. A lot of things have been pushed back. You know, you're bigger films. So for this, for episode 22, we're going to be talking about the most anticipated films of 2021. Here's the episode's main topic. And there's a lot. We've been like, there are so many movies that we were so excited to see Mm -hmm. in 2020. Yeah. That we're just like, what happened to that one? What happened to that one? And it's like delayed, 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 delayed. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, while it sucks in 2020, 2021 is going to be great. I mean, we yeah, oh, just yeah. based on the tabs that we have here, 
it's going to be awesome. So, Aaron, let's just go ahead and get into it because this is a long list here. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Why don't you go ahead and start us off with our with our first film? All right. To start it off, we're talking about Morbius. It's supposed to re- be released March 18th, 2021. Jared Leto is going to star in this one. And if you're a Spider-Man fan, like I know Chris is and several of our fans and several of our friends are, mm-hmm. uh, you'll know that Michael Morbius is a huge villain. Yeah. In the Spider-Man universe, uh, he tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease and basically screws up and turns himself into a real vampire. The living vampire, they call him. So, yeah. That, and that doesn't it, make it, any I, sense. <laughs> uh, that's a double negative, Morbius, Michael. Uh, you need to stupid. find another name, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The unliving So vampire? this is... Right. This is Sony's attempt to broaden their Spider-Man universe. They want to be out from underneath the clinch of the Disney, you know, their Spider-Man hold they have on him right now. So they're going to they're going to broaden that Venom universe. They're going to broaden that Morbius and they're going to continue to build that until like we talked about earlier, Aaron, before the show, until they have a Sinister Six, essentially is what Mm -hmm. it's going to be. So this is their first attempt. And interestingly enough, we have Matt Smith in this film as Lodius Crown, who I'm not super duper familiar with, but part of the reason why I bring up him being in this film is for two reasons. One, I love Matt Smith. I love the doctor. He's my, he's <laughs> one of my favorite doctors. And two, he's in a lot of films in 2021. He will not be, this is not the only film he's in based on our list here. So, you know, with that, let's go, just go ahead and get into our next film. We have no time to die, which is set to premiere on April 2nd, 2021. So this is actually uh, this is the final film in the Daniel Craig, James Bond verse. And uh, I actually just, I, while doing research for this episode, I, I noticed that they talked about how April might not even actually be the release date. They're talking about potentially delaying it once again until the fall of 2021. So we might have to wait even longer for the final <laughs> James Bond film. So, and I don't know if that is a direct, you know, is that a, is that because it's not very good? Is that because they really want to open up that, you know, time slots to make sure there's no other films around it. Cause there are currently one, two, three, four, four films that we're going to talk about here that open up in April. So that's going to be a packed month for film. I'm not super excited for this one, to be honest. I'm I mean, either. I like Rami Malek, but yes. at the same time I grew up, my dad, my dad was such a James Bond fan. And yeah. I became obviously through that product of my environment yeah. was a huge James Bond fan. And I enjoyed all of them because they weren't too serious. They were, they were kind of campy. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, all about the women and the, 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 the devices, the gadgets, all that stuff. But like Daniel Craig's James Bond films are so serious. Yeah. And they're dark. very self-serious. And I'm just like, uh, I mean, you know, there was one, I think it was casino Royale when he's like getting his, his balls tortured. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, okay, I can yeah. get into this, but that's like the last one that really. <laughs> okay. I like this. You know, All right, I, I see what you're doing here. Ball torture, you know, I'm down. <laughs> no, but like after that, I'm just like, uh, like the rest of them got so dark, and they're all about it, like his parents and his past, and like I don't yeah. care. Do some you know, spy stuff. They they talk about how so the James Bond, the Daniel Craig James Bond film started right around the time when The Dark Knight came out. A lot of mm-hmm. people believe that The Dark Knight negatively influenced the James Bond series. I can see that. Over time, even before the Daniel Craig series, a lot of these James Bond's films have, they are a product of their environment. I mean, think about the Pierce Brosnan trilogy or mm-hmm. not trilogy. I don't remember. Is he, I think he had, I think he did three, but those are very campy and over the top, the early, or the, I'm sorry, the late nineties. It was, it was kind of like everything was bam in your face, explosions and the mission impossibles of the world and all that. And that's what James Bond was. And then going into Daniel Craig's stint 
as James Bond, that's when the Dark Knight was coming out. Everything was dark and gritty and self-aware. So, yeah, I don't know. I I'm I, I like Daniel Craig as James Bond, but he's definitely not my favorite. I like him as James Bond, but his films are not my favorite. Yeah, that that's another product of 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 writing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I that I think yeah, you're and I think you're absolutely right with with the Dark Knight and everything. So. I will say though that this is probably going to be my favorite Bond girl of all time, Ana de Armas. Are you familiar with her? She was in Knives Out. No. Lovely. Lover. Ideal is all I'm going to say. You do, you do like brunettes. I do. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's dating. She's, she's, <laughs> she's dating Ben Affleck too right now too. So. Mom, mom. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Anyways, <laughs> a Quiet Place Part Two, April twenty third, twenty twenty one. Yeah. All right. The the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they fight to survive. During silence, mm-hmm. forced into a venture into the unknown, they realize that the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. Ooh. We talked about this before, Aaron. Neither one mm-hmm. of us are super duper excited about this one. I'm going to watch it. Like I like I am dedicated to watching this because mm-hmm. I am a, I have this deep need for resolution. Sure. And I'm already so pissed off about the first Quiet Place <laughs> and, and the issues, like the, 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 the foundational issues of A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. and how it's going to affect the second part. Sure. Yeah, it definitely kind of leaves you hanging. I mean, that spoilers for the first Quiet Place, John Krasinski dies. So basically, I mean, Blunt is left there to take care of her, her two kids, one of which is deaf. And I, I will say, the one thing I am excited about this is that they're including Cillian Murphy. He's going to be in the second one as a character named Emmett. I don't know what his inclusion is, what his role is in this, but uh, I'm exci- I love Cillian Murphy. I'm excited to see what he does in the film, and I think that's a great addition. If you're not going to have John Krasinski in the film, I think Cillian's a great addition. I'm just going to say this again. A Quiet Place 1. If the creatures hunted by sound, and you could go to the waterfall and, like, the river part and be safe, why not live near the waterfall? You would think, right? (laughs) That's my only question. Okay, moving on. Yep. Don't ask the right questions, Aaron. I can't can't help it, man. (laughs) All right. All right, you want to so, do our next one? Yeah, yeah. So up next we have we have Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, which will be released on April 23rd, 2021. So let's see here. Last Night in Soho is apparently going to be a horror film by, again, Edgar Wright. And it's going to be starring Anna Taylor-Joy, who is super hot right now. Everyone loves Anna Taylor-Joy because of the, the, what are the, the Last Gambit. I think it's what it's called on Netflix. And she's awesome. And this is also, here's our second appearance of Matt Smith. He'll also be in the film as her love interest, I want to say. And there's actually, part of the reason why a lot of people are really excited about this is not only because it's Edgar Wright and it's another horror film by him. No one knows anything about it. There hasn't been a trailer. We've seen some on-set footage, but we know absolutely nothing about it. So uh, I think Edgar Wright has done enough right to where I can be confidently excited about this. Aaron, what what do you think? I have no idea what this film is about, and <laughs> I honestly, I personally don't care. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully I'm this is I'm trying to be rude. I feel like I'm coming off as rude here, but this is just like, I'm just like, eh. I mean, time travel is, is my jam. I do mm-hmm. love a good time travel movie, yeah. but also the 60s were not my jam. Yeah. I mean, that's what it says. That's really the only synopsis that we have is that a girl goes back in time in the 1960s in London, but isn't Soho in New York? I'm I'm also not into geography. I don't know. I think maybe there's a, maybe there's a Soho in England. I don't know, but okay. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, for last night in Soho, <laughs> I'm excited about it because Edgar Wright. I love everything that he's ever done. So go ahead and take us into our next one, Aaron. All right, we're all excited for this one. At least I am. Yeah. Uh, Black Widow. 
Yeah. I'm super excited for Black Widow because finally back in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We keep pushing stuff off. We keep pushing stuff. Anyways, expected May 7th, 2021. At, at, at birth, the Black Widow, aka Natasha Romanoff, is given to the KGB, which grooms her to become an ultimate operative. When the USSR breaks up, the government tries to kill her as the action moves to present-day New York, where she is a freelance operative. So we're going to see a lot of flashes back to her past. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet some of the some some interesting uh, characters from her past who are still active, as far as you know, being, I guess, Russian superheroes. So I'm sure. kind of excited about that, especially you know some of the characters that we're going to see that we've seen in the trailer. This is one that I am excited to ex- excited to experience because you know you know me and David Harbor. I'm yeah. a huge fan of his. So he's going to play the Red Guardian. <laughs> yeah, which is basically like the Soviet Union's Captain America. It was their attempt mm-hmm. to try to create the super soldier on Alexei, and he it didn't go as well, just based on the trailers. So uh, you also have Rachel Weisz as Melina Bostikov. And you obviously, like we talked about earlier, we have Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. <laughs> yelling, yell, yelling at the baloney. Yelling at the baloney. Yep. Yeah. And then, and so... <laughs> Go ahead. Scarlett Johansson. And then Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. This is the, this is the, you know, the solo film that we were hoping to get back in like phase two and it's, it's Mm -hmm. way overdue. The character of Scarlett, Witch. I just, I, I, as I was saying Scarlett, Witch, I knew it was wrong. (laughs) The character of black widow has been a mainstay in the MCU since Iron Man two. And she has been an Avenger since. So it's, it's good that she's finally getting a film. And, And this is also one that people have talked about, you know, going back to the HBO max, in their their plan to essentially release their films both in theaters and on the streaming service is that if Disney Plus were to kind of take a similar mold, they obviously would, this would be a great one, right? This would be the one mm-hmm. that if you're going to put this out in theaters, like we all hope that they are, excuse me, we know they're going to put it in theaters, but this would be one that they, we hope that they put on the streaming service on Disney Plus as well. Now, if I'm correct, uh, we got our first kind of experience of the Red Room. Wasn't it during Civil War when we had the flashbacks that uh, Scarlet Witch gave? It was uh, it was Age of Ultron. That was the one where was it Age of, they, she okay. gave everyone Age of, the nightmare. That's yeah. right. That's right. Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I keep mixing that one up because I remember the scene where uh, Hulk goes a little crazy and starts uh, uh, tearing up uh, Johannesburg. So yeah, I mean, I, I, we've been, we've been waiting for a Black Widow film with some, some introspect into her past for a while now. My only concern is that it might be a little bit awkward since we all know that, you know, plot twist, she dies. Right. I think this is more <laughs> of a opportunity to kind of give Scarlett Johansson her swan song and also set up Florence Pugh as the brand new Black Widow. I, I have a, That's my bold prediction. Mark the time, Aaron. It is December 4th at 348. I'm telling you right now that Florence Pugh will be the next Black Widow going forward. Okay, so moving on. We have Godzilla versus Kong, which is... Uh, supposed to release on May 21st, 2021. And this, of course, is the next chapter in the MonsterVerse. For we have Godzilla that came out with Brian Cranston and uh, 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 what's her name? The Skull. Oh. Well, no, it's the, the girl from Stranger Things 11. What's her name? Billy something? Oh, yes. I don't want to look it up. I just want to know it. Hold on. Hold on. It's, it's <laughs> Billy Bobby Smith? Billy Bobby. No. Uh, Whitney, no, <laughs> Bobby. What was what was the the guy Billy Bob Billy it's... Billy Bob Brown? Billy... No, Millie, oh, Millie. Millie. It's Millie. <laughs> Millie. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie, Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown. That's right. Okay, real quick before we move on, say Millie Bobby Brown five times fast. Millie Bobby Brown. 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 Okay. All right. All right. All right. That's so pretty good. 
yeah, so like you were trying to say earlier, and I cut you off about our Millie Bobby Brown talk. Uh, you have the Godzilla film with her, and then you also have Kong Skull Island with Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson. Well, this is yeah, you had you had Godzilla, mm-hmm. and then you had Godzilla King of the Monsters. I did not see that second Godzilla. Was it good? So that's the one with yeah, Billy Mop, Millie Bobby Brown, <laughs> Bobby Millie so King, Brown, <laughs> Bobby Millie Bobby Brown. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. so uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. So, so the first one was with Brian Cranston. Yes. Yeah. Was that's his name right. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah. Breaking okay, Bad. Okay. Yeah. So that was the first one, mm-hmm. and that one for me was just like boring as hell. And then you had Godzilla King of the Monsters, which was really good. That's the one that had Billy. Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown. Millie. <laughs> <laughs> it also had Mothra and who else? Mothra and the three headed yep. and all of them. It had it had all uh, King Ghidorah. Yeah, you know, I'm, again, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan. Monsterverse. Um, Monsterverse. <laughs> and so this is the epic conclusion of that. They explained in uh, Skull Island as well as there was a little bit of reference in Godzilla King and the Monsters how the the monsters actually retreated from like, so they're called Titans. They retreated down into these tunnels that basically lead into the center of the earth. And that's where they have stayed and lived until it's time for them to come back. Sure. And so that's, that's where the skull monsters, like the skull crazy lizard things came from in skull Island. And Mm -hmm. so what we're about to see is, you know, hopefully the reemergence of King Kong, Mm-hmm. And you know, coming against Godzilla, and I don't really know how this is going to happen because in Godzilla, Godzilla is like massively huge <laughs> in the clouds, and then he, in the clouds, and then King Kong is like four roughly high. the size of a large hill. Right, <laughs> he's you know? about as big of he's like as big as like a you know like those McDonald's fun houses, uh, yeah, the playgrounds. He's about as tall, a little taller than that, probably. Yeah, you, and that, but that's the thing. It's like I don't understand how they're gonna pit him. Maybe, maybe Godzilla is gonna die, and there's gonna be like a little baby Godzilla, and they're gonna fight like that. Yeah, I don't and know. I, I just I don't know. So we, I I am super excited to see this. I am very 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 excited for this movie to come out, but I just don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. Here is another movie that I'm not like super excited about. Oh, I. Am. But we have Fast and the Furious Nine coming yeah. out May twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. We're going to space. Toretto and his crew join join forces to battle the most skilled assassins and high-performance drivers they've ever encountered, his forsaken brother. And his name is John Cena! That's the big premiere in this F9 film is yes. that John Cena is the long lost brother of what's his name? Toretto. Vin Diesel. Well, Vin Diesel. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why I was forgetting his name. So cool. I don't really care what this movie is about. I don't really care what the synopsis is. I'm going to go see it the first night it's in theaters. Cause I've been following it since they were stealing DVDs <laughs> and, and hot water heaters and such. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even you had me. Had me? Yeah, me. You didn't even have your car. <laughs> <laughs> I almost I just, had okay. you, bro. I almost had you. <laughs> <laughs> There's the two. I'll have a tuna fish sandwich. No, Brian. <laughs> no one likes the tuna, tuna fish sucks. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the tuna fish sucks here. Everybody knows it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. All right. 
So not much more to say about F9. We're excited yeah. about it. May 28th. You're uh, excited about it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I'm excited about it. But moving on here to another one that neither one of us are super duper excited about. We have The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, releasing on June. The Devil June... Made Me Do It. <laughs> Who made you do this? The Devil Made Me Do It. <laughs> it's releasing on June 4th, 2021. And this is going to bring back the paranormal investigators of Ed and Lorraine Warren to uncover the truth behind the murderer's claim of the demonic possession. So you could literally input that synopsis for every single Conjuring film, I'm pretty sure. I don't hate the Conjuring films. I just don't particularly love them. So I think I'm trying to remember who the director is here. Let me quickly look. It is Michael Chaves, who I am not familiar with. Let's see what else he's done. He's only really done The Maiden, which I'm not familiar with from 2016, and the spinoff, uh, The Curse of La Llorona, which is the spinoff from... Yeah, that's a Conjuring film as well. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Or some people will. We probably won't. I feel like it's time to give up, like, the horror doll. Because, like, we've had we had a nice long run of really good horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, like, now it's just kind of like... Now we're just grasping at straws. We're drag- We're just pushing it into the ground. We're, we're, yeah. we're rinsing we're it. We're wringing out that, ra- that rag. We're yeah. wringing out the rag. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, you know what? Go ahead and take us into our next one here. I don't think we have much to say about The Conjuring. Yeah, nope. <laughs> I don't either. The devil made me do it. <laughs> Who made you do uh, it? <laughs> that should be a sound bit from us. The devil made me do it. Um, <laughs> so the next one that I, I'm pretty excited about, I'm not really sure how you, I don't remember how you felt about the first Venom, uh, <clears throat> but Venom, Let There Be Carnage, coming out June 25th, 2021. Still, the plot is unknown. You know, we're about six months away and the plot is unknown. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? And it was already supposed to come out. It was a film that got delayed because of COVID. So it's interesting that there's no plot synopsis, but we can probably guess Woody Harrelson's going to come and Woody Woody Harrelson's going to show up with his red, his red fro and (laughs) unleash carnage. (laughs) Right. Sorry. The devil made me do it. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Woody and his, and his red, his crazy clown afro. Uh, <laughs> looking like Sideshow Bob in that post credit scene. But yeah. 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 I I didn't love Venom 1, to be honest. I like Tom Hardy. I like the way the Venom looks. I think Venom looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I just don't love the substance <laughs> of the film. And I hope that with, I think... Isn't who's the director this time? I know they just recently changed it. It's going to be oh Andy Circus. So uh, you know you Andy Circus, who's a great actor. I think he does a lot of. I mean, he's done a lot of great stuff. And let's just see what he can do as far as directing here. I'm going to quickly look and see if he's actually even directed anything. Uh, no, he is just. I mean, he's Gollum. He's Caesar. He's going to eventually be Alfred in the bat the Batman universe. So yeah, I mean he's I mean, done, yeah, he's done I'm a lot of go great see things. It. I mean he was he was. Ulysses Claw, you know, in the in the MCU, yeah. he was in a lot of the Lord and the Rings movies as Gollum. He was, I the, think, in that the he, Prestige. Yes, so I think he has a long line of working on a great films and probably working closely line alongside other great directors. And mm-hmm. and so I think uh, he might be able to take this and, and do something with it. And, and true, I was not hugely into the first Venom. I had a lot of issues with it. Was it entertaining? Yes. Was it a good Venom storyline? So 
take take the title Venom off of this and give it something else, like mm-hmm. Symbiote or something else, and it's good. Sure. But as a Venom movie, it wasn't. But it, you know, hopefully Carnage is gonna is gonna take it there. Yeah, it wasn't like offensively bad, but it was it was easily forgettable. I, I think I was kind of done with it the moment I walked out, which is a CGI mess of an ending. So Well yeah, and and how are you gonna make Venom a good guy? Right. I, that we talked we've talked about this at nauseum in previous yeah. episodes about you know, when Marvel or DC, when they have a property or a, a character that people love, they transition them from villains to super or to heroes. And they've done that with Harley yeah. Quinn. They've done it with Venom. Donnie Cates has outright, he's the current writer of Venom has come out right and said that Venom is a good guy. He is not an anti-hero. He is a strict, he's a hero. He just was misunderstood in the beginning. And, you know, he had a vendetta against Peter Parker in the beginning, which made him do some things that was very uncharacteristic of Eddie Brock at the time. So, yeah, I guess we could just see what he does here and let there be Carnage. And Carnage is legit a bad guy. Uh, yeah. and my, I think my biggest issue is that this is PG-13. I kind of would have liked to have seen this been an R-rated because Carnage is a straight-up mass murderer. And I think that... He's a, he's, a, he's a symbiote psychopath. Yes. Yeah. And I would love to see that in full effect in this Venom 2. So, uh, moving on here, we have Top Gun Maverick, which is releasing on July 2nd, 2021. So, you know what I don't like about you? You're dangerous. That's right, Iceman. <laughs> I am dangerous. I am dangerous. <laughs> so, I'm, tell, I'm, st- I'm still I need to do the, I need to do the science. I need to do the research on it, but I'm pretty sure that half of that movie is is filmed with topless men. Yes. As it should. It, and and, yeah. and and Top Gun Maverick, you know, if there's not at least 70% of the film playing volleyball or in inside of a jet, I don't want to see it. Or a locker room. Yeah, it has to be a locker room, and there has to be some very, very close interactions where they're face-to-face, and like one one person can literally just kind of lean in and give them a little smooch. Yep. That close. Little. One of those. Little, yeah. Little. Yeah. So this is going to bring back Pete Mitchell is his name. Maverick is his nickname. Uh, keeps pushing the envelope after years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators. So I'm interested to see what this is going to be about because – Yes, uh, yeah, obviously Maverick was a main player back in the day, and maybe this is going to be one of those films where the industry's lost, you know, kind of left him behind, and he's kind of one of the old guys now, and there's a brand new generation, but he has to come back and show that he can still do it and this whole thing. So what do you think? Yeah, I feel it's going to be very similar to the whole, I don't know if you remember the movie, it was like Jamie Foxx, and it was a uh, Jessica Biel, mm-hmm. uh, it was called Stealth. Yes. And it was like, the future is this, you know, AI drone, but humans are better than hardware. And then, you know, all these young kids are probably like, oh, Maverick, I've heard of him. He's like my grandfather. And they're like all used to these like, you know, digital jets. And then, you know, Maverick's like, well, my jet, you know, we used to fly by the seat of our pants, literally. And he puts his like butt cheeks on the the, (laughs) the throttle and, you know, and that's like, that's the whole thing is he's going to show them. He's going to be that crotchy old naval pilot. That's like, Mm -hmm. I'll show you, you know? Yeah. And I think one of the things besides the fact that I just love Top Gun, one of the things that makes me really excited about this film is that the director, Joseph Krasinski, are you familiar with him? Remember, I don't know if you remember us talking about him. He was the director of our beloved Tron legacy. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he also directed Oblivion with Tom Cruise as well. Both I love. So, yeah, I think that this is something that uh, has the potential to be really good. I'm excited about this. I'm going to see it and I'm excited to see it because it can go one of two ways. It can be awesome and have a terrible storyline or it can be awesome and have a great storyline. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Aaron, go ahead and take us into the next one here. All right. 
So the next one is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And if you know the Legend of the Ten Rings, it's basically, it's a strong, the Ten Rings are a strong, I want to say criminal organization that really had a lot of dealings with Iron Man. I, yeah, I was going to say Iron Man, but what's the, was it Fin Fang Foom and, and the Mandarin? Yes. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, fin Fang Foom and the Mandarin. Yeah. Those are both huge Iron Man villains and that, yeah, they do have dealings with uh, the ten rings. The ten rings are an actual. So they're they're actually ten rings that the Mandarin has. And it's essentially yeah. like a little diet Infinity Gauntlet. He can do a lot of things <laughs> with those rings that he wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So you know what's interesting about this Shang Chi is that we don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. There's there's no synopsis. We haven't seen any onset f- footage. Once again, yeah, six months, six to seven months mm-hmm. to the movie, and we still have no information. No trailer. We know who, we know who's starring in it. We know who's writing it. We know who's directing it. Destin yeah. Daniel Cretton. Yeah. Michael Yao, Aquafina. Yeah. Simu Liu. Simu Liu. He's actually a really great Twitter follow. He's ex- so excited to be Shang Chi. Like you can tell, he's really excited to be in this, be in the MCU. And I think he's going to do it justice. Shang Chi is a very interesting character. I think people had a sour taste in their mouth from Iron Fist in the Netflix series. So mm-hmm. Shang Chi is considered the ultimate Kung Fu master in the Marvel universe, even more so than Iron Fist. So I'm excited to see what he does in, in this film. So interesting bit of trivia about uh, Shang Chi. Um, Stan Lee actually back in the eighties was looking at creating a show about Shang Chi. Sure. And he was actually looking at Bruce Lee to star as Shang Chi. My bad. Sorry. I, that to fix that. That was not, not he had Bruce Lee's son, Brandon Lee actually. Brandon Lee, okay. Brand, oh. Brandon Lee, sorry. Let's say, because Bruce might have not even... I don't think he was, yeah, I think he was alive at that point. Yeah, I think he was dead at that point, but right. yes. Yep. Okay, so moving on here, we have Space Jam, A New Legacy, which will be released on July 16th, 2021. And there's also no synopsis for this, but we can assume that, think, Space Jam won, but with LeBron James instead of Michael Jordan. Does that sound correct? I think so. And then a couple of cameos of, you know, Current Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah, and Bill then, Murray's not in this. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan. They're gonna make cameos. They're gonna, you know. Yeah. So we'll I would see love to see goes. the if Michael Jordan's in this film. I think that'd be cool to bring him back. I, I know that that might be a little campy. He's like in his probably late fifties at this point. But they'll make a joke about him golfing or playing baseball or something. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's it for Space Jam. I'm I'm excited <laughs> to see this. That the nostalgia in me is excited to see this. But yeah, the, the child is me. It's like if they made a new Goofy movie. Right. Um, <laughs> the Suicide Squad, which is supposed to release August 6, twenty twenty one. The further adventures of Harley Quinn, Rick Flag, and their team of assembled supervillains. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't really call them supervillains, but villains. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this one, and as well as the uh, Suicide Suicide Squad game that's supposed to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one again is another one. You know. August 6th, and we still don't know any any plot details. We got that little, like, expose from DC Fandom, if you remember, where it yeah. kind of, like, it premiered everyone and showed who actually everyone's playing, which is Nathan nice. Nathan Fillion, mm-hmm. all those guys, like the arm fall-off boy and some some things like that. So, yeah, I'm – was it Sean Gunn as that crazy-looking character? Yeah. Weasel, yeah. You have, you have Peacemaker. You have Captain Boomerang. You have Jai Courtney as returning as Captain Boomerang. You have John Cena as Peacemaker. His name is John Cena. Uh, you have uh, Michael Rooker, who is Yondu in the Marvel Universe as Savant. Uh, Nathan Fillion, like you said, as Arm Falloff Boy. We have Idris Elba as Bloodsport, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is supposed to appear in the film in an undisclosed role. 
We have Viola Davis is returning as Amanda Waller. You have uh, David Dasmashian. Remember, I couldn't say his name the mm-hmm. first time we talked about this as Polka Dot Man. Man. Polka Dot Take, Man. Taika Waititi. Waititi. As White. people have people have speculated that he might be King Shark, perhaps, but mm. I'm not sure. I, I don't. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just thought about Korg's voice as King Shark, and you know, again, you know my love of King Shark, and it would just that would ruin it for me. Piss off, Ghost. Piss <laughs> off, Ghost. <laughs> also, I wanted to say, I mean, August 6, twenty twenty one, is my thirtieth birthday, so oh. I'll be going to see Suicide Squad on the most depressing day of my life. Thor, uh, Noob Master 69 is back. <laughs> Here he is. Thor, get him. <laughs> All righty. What's Go next? Ahead. Let's see here. We have uh, Candyman. Uh, the newest oh. installment in the Candyman universe is being released on August 27th, 2021 by director Nia DaCosta, who we've talked about previously on the show, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Nia DaCosta is going to be the director also of Captain Marvel 2. And this is going to be... Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one. I, this is going to be one of those horror films that I'm actually pretty excited about. I've been waiting for this one for a while. Mm-hmm. For a while. Oh, you know, wow. I saw the, tra- the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. It was last year at some point. I'm just like, oh. Because, again, I'm not even a big like horror movie buff. Mm-hmm. But the, the actors of the, that, that, are, that are starring in this, in this film are ones that, like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I want to see this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, the, the main guy, I'm... I'm not extremely sure how to say his name. Yahya. Abdul Mateen. Abdul Mateen. Yahya. Yes. Abdul Mateen II. Yes. I didn't want to butcher that, but I did. He is also Black Manta in the Aquaman universe. Mm-hmm. And he's also going to be in another film that we're going to be talking about later, The Matrix 4. And yeah. So I think this is good. He was also in the Watchmen series. I forgot about that. He's uh, he's Dr. Manhattan. I totally forgot about yep. that. So yeah, he's a great actor. And I think this has the makings for a great maybe possibly better than the original perhaps so uh aaron go and take us into the next one. Ooh, this is a big one so dune we've been waiting for this one and we've been excited for this one october 1st 2021 paul atreides leads nomadic tribes in a battle to control the desert planet of arrakis because yes. the spice spice the spice so yes. This is one that, you know, like we, we've been looking at photos, set photos, costumes, all this stuff, and kind of discussing what we think is going to be the outcome, whether it's going to be good or bad. How, how familiar are you with the original? I've read half of the original. Okay. And then the original <laughs> film as well. I've watched the original film. Yeah, the David okay. Finch. I mean, yeah, I enjoyed the original film. Uh, I have not seen the miniseries, the, the Children of Dune. Yeah. I have not seen that. And to be honest, I I'll, I'm gonna be straight honest with you, man. I have not read the book. That I've started it like multiple times, but that book is so long. We we've talked about it. I don't know if you remember, but this is the very first topic we covered on the Oblivion Bar episode one, topic one. We talked about Dennis Villanueva taking over the Dune property and creating mm-hmm. the film. Uh, if you're not familiar with Dennis Villanueva, he also directed Blade Runner 2049. He directed Arrival. He did Sicario. He did uh, the one film with. Jake Gyllenhaal, Enemy, that's what it was called. So he's done a lot of great stuff. I think that if you're going to leave Dune in any hands and be confident about it, Dennis Villanueva is definitely one of them. And this cast is stacked. I mean, let's just quickly go over this here. We have Timothy Charlemagne. We have Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Oscar Isaac, Dave Bautista, Javier Bardem. I mean, so many great actors in this film. I... I'm going to say this, and I hope that I don't jinx it. 
this movie cannot be bad. There's no way. With Dennis Villanueva and the property that we have here with Dune, potentially the greatest science fiction story ever told, and these actors, I think this is going to be awesome. That I'm I'm so excited for it. Just the details they put into the costume, mm-hmm. the 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 water recycling systems. I mean, I believe they even had to invent an entire new uh, fighting, like way of fighting, form of fighting. Yeah, they have like the film. yeah, they have like the invisible so, shields, right, or something like that. Yeah, the invisible shields. They have like the words that 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 are weapons, and so yeah, I'm I'm super excited because, like you said, yes, this this is stacked. You know, Zendaya, uh, Dave Bautista, you know. Aquaman is in this, you know, <laughs> right? But yeah. I like I, I'm I am really excited for it, and I think that it has an opportunity to be. There's so many people, man. Anyways, yeah, it's gonna be I'm awesome. Like we... yeah. You know, what, Aaron. Actually, I want you to go ahead and take it the next one as well, because I'm I really could care less about this one, to be honest. <laughs> okay, I only put this one on the list because <laughs> I'm a fan of the series because I grew up with GI Joes, and the first two were were the first one was not too bad it was bad yeah. not too bad so yeah. this is snake eyes gi joe origins so much like the x-men did with wolverine they're now going to probably start doing origin stories for each of the x-men so this one is snake eyes it's supposed to release october 22nd of 2021 and it's obviously it's a spin-off centered around the character of snake eyes who we all know is the silent ninja who mm-hmm. has taken a, a an oath a vow of silence until he catches the the man who has killed his master right and so, I mean, so we'll see that. I mean, I'm not excited about seeing a, a movie with a guy who's, I mean, he's in a badass ninja, high-tech ninja suit with the two swords, but yeah. he says nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a mute. We're basically going to watch a silent film. Yeah. You know what? That would be interesting. If they, if they came out and said that Snake Eyes is going to be a silent film, I would be into it. I'd be like, yes, gimmick it up because I don't really care about Snake Eyes or G.I. Joe. <laughs> well, there was a movie with Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. I want to say it also had Jim Carrey in it, and it was about like cannibals and stuff. And that movie was was completely silent, wasn't it? The Bad Batch. I'm not familiar. Did you ever see that one? No. So that came out in 2016, and from what I was told, that one was like a silent film, and it's basically about cannibalism. And anyways, we're we're getting distracted, <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean that was basically a, a silent film from from some some perspective. Anyways, Snake Eyes, not super exciting. Probably not going to be good, but I'll probably watch it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that you might be take a, the next. Yeah, that might be one that you stay at home and watch. But yeah, moving into oh, our yeah. moving into <laughs> our, our third MCU movie of 2021, we have The Eternals, which will be premiering on November 5th, 2021. And Aaron, we we have not gotten a trailer for this one either. This, mm. We should be getting a huge batch of Marvel trailers coming in the next couple months because we don't have a trailer for any of these films except for Black Widow so far. And if you're not familiar with the Eternals, I'm going to give you my off the dome, just what I know about the Eternals. Okay. So the Celestials come to earth at the beginning of the planets, you know, when it was, when the planet created itself and the Celestials come to basically test out different races. Like they, they'll come and create a race of beings and then leave and come back a thousand million years later and see how that race is doing. And they created the humans, they created the deviants, and they created the Eternals. Well, excuse me, no, they created the Eternals and they created the humans. The deviants are messed up versions of the Eternals. Actually, Thanos is a mixture of an Eternal and a deviant together. It's like a, he he's like a weird mixture of both, which I think we'll touch on in the Eternals movie. Hmm. That's why his chin looks like that. Yeah, he's purple and he's got that weird chin and <laughs> grimace. <yeah. laughs> Put her down, grimace. 
<laughs> I'll shoot off that nutsack of a chin. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so the Eternals are these beings who, uh, if we're basing this off the Neil, Ga- uh, I think it's Neil Gaiman and John Romita Jr. series, the Eternals have been asleep for hundreds of years, and certain events basically cha- awaken them. They're they're living these normal human lives, and they essentially they wake up and realize, hey, we are these superhero beings that were, were sent to Earth or created to essentially protect it. And, and a lot of people are spec. Yeah, I know. We're, they're speculating that. <laughs> it's like a whole thing happened with Endgame. And it's like, oh, wait, what's happening? Wait, wait. We what? have mutants and Eternals and what? 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 Yeah. Inhumans. Oh, you what? guys took care of it already? Okay, we're good. We're, oh, yeah. Cool. Thank you. I know <laughs> that's why. Handling, thanks for handling Thanos. <laughs> I, thanks for doing the thing that we were sent and created to yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long nap. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I th- I'm excited about this. Again, it's at the MCU. I can't not be excited about an- the newest installment of the MCU. So, and there's Especially a lot of- with some of the people who are starring in it. Yeah, go ahead and tell who are some of the people who are going to be in this. Uh, for instance, Angelina Jolie. She will. She'll be in it. Yeah. Yep. Salma Hayek. Yep. A- anyone else? <laughs> I mean, probably a few people. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, Gemma Chan. Jimmy Chan, yeah. Richard Madden, Kit Harrington, Kumal Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Uh, he has gotten stacked for this film. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, for, with him, but he was in Silicon Valley. He was actually he was like a YouTube star oh, that became famous, and then he he was in he was in Stuber. Yes, yeah, he was. In, he's been in a couple things here and recently. The Lovebirds. That guy is funny. I like him. So one that I'm really excited about this film. One thing about this film that I'm really excited about is Kit Harrington as the uh, the Black Knight. So the Black Knight is this character who has this like ebony sword that essentially every time he uses it, it takes a little bit of his soul and like changes him. So he's this really like honorable, good guy. And the more he uses this blade, the more it kind of turns him towards the dark, like almost like towards the dark side. Yeah, it's a really it's a cool thing. And I don't don't know if he's like I don't know if he himself is an eternal, but that's a cool effect that basically the more he chooses to protect the closer he becomes to becoming that thing that he's protecting at that moment, you know? So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So go ahead and take us on our next one, Eric. Well, it's another one with no synopsis. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Yeah. That's going to uh, be the, the trend here in these last couple films. It's mission impossible. Seven. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Seventh entry in the long running mission impossible series. That's what we get. It's mission impossible. Question mark? So, question mark? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Yeah. Apparently, none of them have been impossible. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> this so, one is definitely possible, I'm going to guess. So, Tom Cruise, Vanessa Kirby, Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, it's going to be directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. Writer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's we have nothing on it so far. We just know that Tom Cruise is going to do the thing where he spies and then captures and then kills and then rides a motorcycle, probably. He'll do some kind of crazy, stupid stunt that no one else has ever done before. And he'll get hurt, but they'll keep filming. Yep. So I think that's probably a guarantee. Chris McQuarrie, we've talked about before here on the show that him and Tom Cruise are currently in talks with Universal to create the first film in space. So that'll probably be Mission Impossible 7. (laughs) That'll be the big reveal is that they filmed half of it, you know, on the outskirts of the atmosphere. Yeah. So, I mean, he wrote Mission Impossible Fallout. He wrote Edge of Tomorrow. He wrote The Mummy. Yeah, obviously no. all of those starring Tom Cruise. So he just—he's a Tom Cruise fanboy. Again, this is a big year for Tom Cruise. We talked about it earlier. Tom Cruise oh. is going to have a big year. 
And he wrote Top Gun. He screenplay by you know, for for Top Gun Maverick. Oh, he helped write Top Gun Maverick. That's cool. I didn't know that. Jack Reacher, The Tourist, The Mummy, Mission Impossible Fallout. God, he's like he's literally, he's literally a Tom Cruise fanboy. Like he, he I wrote this role for you, Tom. I got call Tom again. I got another role for him. <laughs> okay, so what's this movie about? What's this movie about? Doesn't uh, matter. I think doesn't matter. Call Tom. Call Tom right now. Call him. Hurry. <laughs> Speed dial number seven. <laughs> All right. So moving on here, we have our final MCU movie, the fourth movie of 2021. We have gone this whole year of 2020 without any Marvel movies. And guess what? Next year we have four. Uh, four. We, we have the untitled Spider-Man three sequel. We've talked about it before. A lot of people think that it might be, what did we say it was? Homesick. Homesick, Homesick is the third one. Excuse me. Yeah. So uh, Homecoming was number one. Far From Home is number two. And then Homesick potentially is this the, the title for the sequel here of Spider-Man 3. And there's really, honestly, we don't even know the title. So clearly we're not going to know much about the film. All that we know so far is that Jamie Foxx is going to reprise his role as Electro in some capacity. Doctor Strange is going to be in it in some capacity. And that's I it. I hope it's, it's Spider-Man Homeboy and then it's Miles Morales. <laughs> they just throw in Miles Morales in there. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was kind of... He was talked about in the first one with Childish Gambino. He talked. He basically says that my nephew is only a couple of years younger than you in that film. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's been a lot of rumors that people think this is going to tie heavily into the Spider. You know, the other Spider Men in the Spider Verse. Yeah, universe of Madness, a multiverse of madness, and some of that yeah. stuff. So, yeah, we don't know much about this, but we're going to go see it, of course. That's going to obviously. I don't know if I said it off the top here, but that'll be out on December seventeenth, twenty twenty one. And then, uh, Aaron, go and take us into our last film here of 2021. All right. This is one I'm personally excited for. December 22nd, 2021 is going to be The Matrix 4. You know, I mean, what what can you say besides the plot is currently unknown? <laughs> What's the plot, Aaron? It's currently unknown. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not known. We don't, we don't I mean, know. It's not known. I'm trying to see. I was trying to see if there's any, you know, any images or anything set up. Yeah. But, you know, the, the Wachowski are, I mean, are they sisters now? Because they used to be the Wachowski, Wachowski's brothers. Yeah, I, th- I think all, maybe one or both of them potentially have have identified as. They both. Yeah, they both uh, transitioned. I yeah. Believe. Okay. So, so anyways, if the Wachowskis are behind it, there's been some photos of, of Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss on motorcycles. So, you know, doing some stunts. So we'll see where that goes. She's obviously not rocking the tight leather anymore. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> boo, darn. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. We'll see how they manage to tie this into it. But uh, the interesting thing that I, that I, I uh, found out was I was reading an article, and I guess it was confirmed by the Wachowski sisters mm-hmm. that basically the the Matrix series was an is a big what's the word N- narrative on the struggle of of being trans. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's like they actually because, you know, some somebody I'm trying to remember, I was reading an article and it was by somebody who was kind of struggling with their their, I guess, coming out to their parents and their their identity and sexual identity. And then uh, they ended up, you know, I guess, talking about it. And then they I think they they confirmed it with the Wachowskis because, again, they were they they were actually struggling with it while they were making and creating these movies. So I I found that pretty interesting, you know, and and they were I guess they were really happy once people started figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And that's why they ended up confirming it. So, okay, 
But I mean, regardless, I think the the movies are are pretty good. I think the second and third one obviously kind of degrade in value. The first one will always be something amazing. Yeah. So we'll see how fourth how the fourth one plays in. But if you haven't seen it, you got to check out the Animatrix. Did you ever see the Animatrix? Yeah, I think I watched it with you. It was it was awesome. Yeah, the, it was an you know it was a it was an anthology. You know, just multi uh, like little films. Mm-hmm. animations created by different artists and and that one was was pretty amazing in my opinion so uh, absolutely i don't know you excited for it uh i don't really care about the matrix to be honest i don't really particularly I, I understand the significance of it but i don't particularly even love the first one so you know i may probably you know i'll probably go see it but who knows to end this segment here aaron what would you say is the film that you're most excited for going into 2021 uh godzilla versus kong honestly okay interesting yeah All i right. think that that one is probably the the the, the favorite for me because like i mean a close second would be morbius you know or i say actually probably close third would be morbius close second would probably be black widow okay yeah i, I can see that i'm, I, I'm definitely me, excited for all three of those for sure yeah i i feel like for you it'd be the untitled spider-man 3 3 sequel no you know what actually surprisingly enough it's actually dune i'm most excited to see dune just because i don't think that uh, there's any way that this could be bad I would say between, it's probably between Dune or Top Gun Maverick are my two that I'm most excited about. Can I change my answer? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Dune. <laughs> <laughs> you copier. Ah, you biter. Yeah, I know I am excited for Dune. I, but I think, I think you know, we've both said it. I, I think that this movie is going to be very hard uh, to find to be bad. Sure. In the long run, you know, yeah. I think that we're gonna we're gonna, it's, it has so much. It's been building for so long. It has so many good actors in it, uh, and it, it, honestly, it's gonna be a friggin' tragedy if it ends up being bad. Absolutely. So, what are you least excited about? What's the one that you could really care less to go see or not? Oh, that's uh, the uh, late no- last night in Soho is definitely the the least excitement for me. Okay. All right. Mine is The Conjuring again. Not that I don't think The Conjuring is good. <laughs> the devil made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's just not my bag i don't really love the conjuring to be honest i understand people like it and i know that it's probably good but i just don't particularly love the series so what if you wake up one night and you just feel the need to go see it i mean i'll let everyone know here at the oblivion bar podcast uh, new episodes every monday i'll uh, you guys will be the first people i tell that i'm excited to go see the conjuring but don't expect that <laughs> will will you say that the devil made you do it <laughs> <laughs> I'll be guys. I'll tell everyone to be like, listen, guys. Something the devil made me do something last night. It made me want to see the Conjuring. The devil made me do it. <laughs> All right, that sounds ridiculous. Well, let's go ahead and transition out of our main topic here and into a, another awesome segment. One that I look forward to every week, and that of course is Aaron's Twitch talk. It's time for Aaron's Twitch talk. snap Aaron's Twitch talk so I'm pretty excited because I've actually been doing a lot more charity stuff with my stream there's a website called tiltify that a lot of organizations are using to basically create a organizational fundraiser so that other streamers can log in create their own custom URL and then start posting it so they can do their own personal stream fundraisers that all end up tying into the same group goal so I've been doing some of that recently as well as I've been getting more into playing uh, the Pokemon TCGO, so Pokemon Trading Card Game Online. Mm-hmm. And so I have like 300-something 
vivid voltage packs online now that i'm going to be opening up so we'll see how long that takes but I'm, i've just been really getting did into you, it real quick did you go out and like buy the codes from a comic like from a card shop or anything because they usually sell them for like 25 cents per no 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 i i i found uh i think ebay was a good location because you can get them for you know for a steal on ebay you know i'm sure. not going to any i'm not going to any any private sellers you know like on do you remember when we used to play and we had like the verbank poke it was the verbank city mart whatever and everybody yeah. was like hawking their wares on that it's like you got your money you want yeah. some codes you know <laughs> it was it was really uncomfortable buying stuff off of that site so but there are places like you know how we used to buy from a place called cool stuff inc mm-hmm. and they ship codes but i i'm not really i don't know i, I i'm more much more comfortable getting it from like ebay or something because i can get them almost instantly sure okay fair enough. But, uh, but other than that i mean like i said i've been getting into pokemon tcgo and streaming that, still playing some Genshin Impact. Not gonna lie, I'm still <laughs> that game is still fascinating and fantastic. It's the like it's just such a good quality, and they're constantly releasing new events and new storylines. Yeah, so it's very engaging, and it's like there's not a, there's no lack of content at all for again for a free game, you know. Sure. Um, but that's that's really been it. So Pokemon. Genshin Impact, and then some charity streams. So if you guys haven't checked out my stream yet, it's twitch.tv forward slash better underscore actions. And again, if you guys want to do some uh, some 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 viewing or some some streaming, you know, feel free to shoot us a, a link or shoot us some info. Uh, and I, again, I'm going to be doing some more fundraising. Just I think the next one I'm doing is Toys for Tots. Okay, cool. That's so. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, so let's go into my, if you don't mind, my personal favorite section of this of this you know podcast. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's Chris's corner. It's time for Chris's corner. All right, so Chris's corner. We have so I currently still. Gosh, I'm still reading Tony Zicotes' Black Panther. I'm trudging through. I've kind of I, I hit the ground running with Black Panther. I got through all of the you know everything up to like the early 2000s within like a month, and then here recently I've just been like, I'll be honest, I love Tony Coates. I love his his novels. I love a lot of the Black Panther and the lore that he created. I'm not loving a lot of what he did with Black Panther, unfortunately, and I'm I'm really bummed to say that because I I don't know I. I don't want to, uh, we'll wait, we'll wait to get into Black Panther. Cause I, again, I do want to dedicate an entire episode to the lore of Black Panther. And I'm also still reading Invincible, but I recently just read the entire first trade of Gotham Central book one in line of duty written by Ed Brubaker and, and Greg Rucka illustrated by Michael Lark. And in this series, we have Gotham city, a town teeming with corrupt cops, ruthless crime lords, petty thieves, and only a small handful that are willing to oppose them. Grizzled veteran Harvey Bullock, Captain Maggie Sawyer, Detective Renee Montoya, and the GCPD are the law. For, excuse me, are the law force that stands between order and complete anarchy. Gotham's finest work around the clock to not only keep the world's most psychotic criminals off the streets, but also cleaning up a mess left behind Batman's one-man war on crime. So this is essentially that. It's basically you're you're in the GCPD every day with these police officers kind of handling the stuff that Batman leaves behind, if that makes sense. You know, you touch on a little bit what happens with Mr. Freeze and you've got one with Firebug. And then the last story involves Two-Face, 
But outside of that, you're dealing with a lot of like petty thefts and there's murders and such like that, but it's, it's not things that Batman would generally take on. So highly recommend Gotham Central. There are four books in total. Uh, to be honest, I'm getting into this one a little bit more than both in- Invincible and in Black Panther. So I'll probably end up re- finishing this before I finish the other two. So yeah, again, written by Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka, illustrated by Michael Lark, Gotham Central. It, it would be funny if this was just like, you know, like 400 pages of them just doing paperwork. <laughs> God dang it. God, Batman, God Batman. Dang it. Batman just arrested these guys again and I got to do the paperwork. Oh, it's my anniversary. Damn it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that. And, and like we talked, we've talked about it in previous episodes that Gotham Central is going to be a, a very strong influence for the Matthew Vaughn uh, Gotham GCPD HBO Max series that's going to be coming mm. next year. So uh, excited to see what they do with that. I think that's when when they first announced Gotham, like the the television show. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's what I imagined that show to be like. It was just going to be like an hour of these guys like hearing alarms, driving out to them, and seeing all the you know the criminals tied up, and then it's like the process of booking them and and you know taking down like statements and stuff. <laughs> like Batman's already got him; he's already gone. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Batman's gone. It's it's uh, the the there's no there's no crime here. Right. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and move into our next segment here. We have our newsletter segment. Uh, if you'd like to send us a question here to the show, uh, we have this segment every single episode. Uh, you can send it to us. We usually put out a thread on Twitter. Uh, you can also use the hashtag ask oblivion bar, or you can send us a direct message at, on Instagram, excuse me, at oblivion bar pod. We have two questions here. First, we, I almost, I was about to rename this newsletter segment to the mischievous Toto question of the week. Because he, he asks us every week, and we appreciate it, Mischievous Toto. Thank you so much. Once again, uh, asking a question here, and it says, What's your favorite nerdy thing, movie, game, book, comic book, etc., that you absolutely adore but generally consider pretty terrible? Go ahead. Mine is Batman and Robin, the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, as time has gone on, the more self-serious Batman stuff, outside of maybe the Dark Knight trilogy, I've kind of gotten a little weary of i'm not as into it as much as i used to the angst is gone in my i'm becoming soft with my old age and the batman and robin the more i look at it with especially with joel schumacher excuse me the director passing away not too long ago it seems what he did there with batman and robin was intentional you know not only to sell toys of course but to highlight the whimsical fun that was the 1966 adam west batman so the more I watch Batman and Robin, if you, if you just stop taking it so seriously and where's Martha and I'm not wearing hockey pads, you just put all that to the side and start, you just look at Batman is such an amazing character because he exists in different eras under different personas, if that makes sense. And he, and all of them work. You have the, the happy go lucky whimsical 1960s Batman. You have the hard boiled detective of the 1970s. You have the hardcore grit of the 80s. You have a little bit of everything in the 90s. And then the 2000s have turned him into this complete brooding jerk. So, yeah, I would say Batman and Robin. I would say for me, it would be it would be either. And this is this sounds really bad, but like, because I can't I, I can't say Pokemon because uh-huh. I love Pokemon. I'm always gonna love it. Sure. But I, I want to say, actually, you know, to me, okay, it's the worst thing. Like, the worst thing. That's like, a th- it something that you consider, like, universally terrible. bad. Like, people probably wouldn't enjoy as much as you do. Oh, so it's like something that's terrible, but I love it. Yes. Okay, so, too easy. That's so easy. <laughs> uh, I love horrible, horrible science fiction. 
Do you have an example? Yes. So there's two examples. The first one is a terrible movie that's an independent film called Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Okay. <laughs> and this is a movie that came out, like, I want to say late 90s. And okay. it's not a, it's not a porno because the, the plot sounds like it's a porn. But it's basically Jesus Christ comes back and he's resurrected and he goes and he fights vampires who are killing lesbians to okay. steal their skin which because you know when they when they put the lesbian skin on them on themselves it allows them to survive out in the daylight now <laughs> okay again an independent film and it's like the characters are so horrible one is is there's a luchador that has a an assistant her, whose last name is big bottom and every once in a while he'll like reach over and pinch it okay and then jesus christ's like sidekick is mary magnum and she's got like these two huge magnum pistols <laughs> and then yeah it's just it's it's absolutely horrendous it's so bad and there's actually fight scenes in it where he fights the atheists and okay. it's, it's it's like and then and then there's another movie called robot jocks which is actually a kind of a cult favorite that's about how there's no longer war on uh-huh. planet earth but this is like it's like in the future but nations battle over territory and resources using giant robots. Sure. But this is back in the day when, like, this is like you know, like they're like models. Like, there's no CGI. It's like mo- like stop motion models. Uh huh. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I I, I I I highly recommend not watching that film because it's just it's <laughs> so bad. It's offensive to Christianity and Catholicism in in like in every single way. <laughs> sure. Okay. So uh, our final I like question. When you read it. Okay. The final question here is from Joseph Ellis at JLS502 on Twitter. And he asks, if you could only read one comic series for the rest of your life, what would it be? I liked when I saw this on, on, on Twitter. I liked when he, when I, I was like, this is a good question. Yeah, I think it is as well. And, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to solidify that a little bit and say that this is a, a finished series. Let's say that. Let's say it's an already a graphic novel, not like an ongoing, like you can't say Batman because you could just read Batman forever. Like, a singular story that I think that I think would make more sense here. And, and I have my answer already, Aaron, if, if you need to think about yours. No, I got mine. Okay. What is yours? Mine is the, it's, it's the Batman and Superman versus aliens. Is that the, you're talking about the Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis, Batman and Superman run. So no, it's, I mean, there's, there, there are two separate like storylines. Okay. I guess I can't do choose both of them. So I'm just going to, Batman versus aliens. So like Bat, or not Batman. I'm sorry. Uh, Superman versus the aliens. Like when a- he, aliens, super, like you know, the like the xenomorphs. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like alien versus predator and aliens. I didn't know that Superman went up against him. I knew Batman did, obviously. But yeah. I'd... So there's literally this one part where because you know uh, they're they're taken away from the yellow sun. Him and Lois Lane are taken away from the yellow sun, and he gets a face hugger. The face hunger incubates him with a with a with an alien like baby, uh-huh. and then like one of the this you know spoiler but at one point like superman finally gets like some yellow sun radiation and he just like flies up and just hawks the loogie and like it's the little baby alien coming out before it can break through his chest oh my gosh that's awesome that's like total fanfic i love that yeah yeah it's 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 so cool okay so mine is actually just alan moore swamp thing run I, i i've been on record saying that's my favorite run of all time I feel like I learn and see something new every time I read that. And I'm actually, I want to reread it here soon before I got to finish Invincible and Black Panther before I start reading Alan Moore Swamp <laughs> Thing again. But uh, yeah, it was def- it'd definitely be Alan Moore Swamp Thing. It's one of the greatest comic runs of all time. And it's amazing. Well, Aaron, I think that probably does it for episode 22. You want to yeah. take us, you want to take us out of the show? 
What a good episode, man. That was exciting. Agreed. So if you want to, you can subscribe to our podcast anywhere there you can find your, your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Pretty much everywhere or anywhere you can find a podcast. Anywhere. Uh, go ahead and like us on Facebook, uh, forward slash Oblivion Bar Pod. Follow us on Twitter, at Oblivion Bar Pod. Instagram, at Oblivion Bar Pod. And once again, thank you, South Bend Beretta, for all of our Oblivion Bar themes. Mm-hmm. Thank you to the Fantasy Shop for sponsoring the show. So thanks, Dad. Thanks for being our dad. And uh, lastly, thank you to the viewers. Uh, not lastly, but not least, thank you to the viewers for, for listening and for you know making us as successful as we are because you know we do everything for you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 22, and we will see you next week for episode 23. Ooh, milestone. Hashtag milestone. Thank you.